Hi, I am Alok and I'm your host at Fitterobic. Welcome to Fitness Pro Chat the podcast by Fitterobic. Welcome to Fitness Pro Chat by Fitterobic. If you're looking to improve your health and well-being to lead a healthy, fit and fulfilling life, whether you're an amateur or a professional athlete, this podcast is for you. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening to all of you. Welcome to the Silver Jubilee episode of Fitness Pro Chat with Fitterobic. I'm your host Alok. and today we are diving into the celebration of 25 incredible episodes first and foremost a heartfelt thank you to each and every one of you who has been part of this journey your support has been the driving force behind our success now let's make this 25th episode a memorable one in this special episode we are taking a stroll down memory lane revisiting some of the most intriguing conversations we have had with experts in the fitness and wellness industry and what better time to celebrate our silver jubilee than as we step into the new year of 2024 our journey kicked off with none other than michael stein a yoga guru with 30 years of experience we tackled the burning question is it right to equate yoga with an exercise especially with those advanced contorted poses let's hear what yoga guru michael had to share well first of all i can never view yoga as a sport and a lot of exercises are viewed very much as a sport because there would be a goal or there would be a competitive practice within the sport it will connect to be a winner and even if if you know if you do the sport in a lighthearted manner there's often a winner you can't really create a create a winner or a hierarchy in yoga in my opinion nobody knows what level someone's practicing at really because the level is very much about your mind the mindfulness you bring into it some days we're more mindful some days we're more steady and balanced so somebody might look like an expert in yoga uh to to the observer but it doesn't really mean that they're practicing very deeply internally they might be very full of anxiety they might be very full of you know full of ego while yes. practicing the postures and that's not really yoga so how do we get into yoga um sometimes they might be very inspired by people who are so called contortionists right happy <laughs> might that very might get us in the room or look at it on social media and make us interested but of course that's not really what it's about some people just have more of a propensity to do contortions they're they're born with certain you know openness in their in their hips openness in their spine not always even the healthiest thing i you know i teach a lot of anatomy and i talk about how you know having a trick sacrum or a, or a super bendy lower back at the lumbar vertebrae doesn't necessarily mean it's good for you it might look impressive but over the course of years it can damage your spine actually So really it's about I do feel the yoga asana can be very much for therapy for everyone. I remember speaking to a yoga student of mine, she was there with her husband and she said she wants to come back to yoga class soon, see me soon. I said, "Oh yeah, bring your husband." And he said, "Oh, I can't do yoga. I'm way too stiff for yoga." And that's, you know, that's it's a funny it's a funny statement because yoga is that's what you're doing it for. You're doing it if you are stiff to bring more mindfulness, to be healthier. and interestingly say let's say we're you know 40 50 years old and we've never done any stretching and you feel fearful to walk in and you think oh, i'm not going to make any progress well even if a 40 50 year old just stays as they are even if they keep the status quo for another 10 20 years 
even if they don't get any more flexible, what you're seeing is that they're adding many years to their life. They're adding a lot of uh, movement to their life because over those 10 and 20 years, they're staying as they were from 40 and 50 years old. So they might not see a lot of progress. They might not do full splits. It doesn't matter. But they're creating a lot of movement through their fascia, which is a huge, a huge discipline and a huge importance to our body. It doesn't matter if the muscle itself gets that much longer, but the fascia is getting moved around, the circulation's moving, the breath is moving. That's going to add a, a lot of joy to their life. In, in, at the end of the day, you'll be able to walk better, bike, bicycle better, dance better. I always say that you know we can do yoga so we can dance better. And what's what's uh-huh. more freeing than dancing, really? So, so it's really for everyone. As Michael would sum up, if you are alive, then every day is an opportunity to make the best use of our time. Let's aim to achieve a higher goal than yesterday. Following that, we delved into making our lives more enjoyable through exercise with nutrition and lifestyle coach Purnima Ayer. Her wisdom on consistency and disciplined living was truly inspiring. As Purnima says, In our health journey, staying disciplined is crucial. Every little step towards healthier living will make us feel better. When it comes to exercise, you want to be consistent. It is important to pick something that is accessible and enjoyable for you. So if you are someone who likes to play a sport, let's suppose you like playing badminton. So you could, and suppose you live in a community which has an indoor badminton court. So... Go for that because there are chances that you will be consistent, will be higher. Pick up something you enjoy is very important, especially when you're starting out and uh, on your journey. And as you keep staying consistent, you may have your goals will change. You will, uh, you, you want to change. At least for three months, you should stick with an activity. And after that, oh. uh, it opens up your mind to doing something else after that. So, so being consistent, important that do something you will you naturally gravitate towards, and uh, also embrace the idea that some movement is better than no movement. So yes, so you must uh, believe in that, so that at least you are doing something on a daily basis. And uh, mobility is something that is very important uh, for everyone as we grow older. The mobility of the joints are going to reduce. So maybe something, first thing in the morning, you add some dynamic stretches before you get on with the day. Pay attention to how that makes you feel. You're feeling good. You are going to repeat that action. Yeah. So this will help you to be consistent. We then explored the incorporation of cognitive behavior change in our habits with ACE certified health coach, Jennifer Rout. As Jen summarizes, Staying disciplined is key. Every little step towards healthier living will make you feel better. Here's a snippet of a valuable insight. Doubting and not trusting ourselves can send any athlete into a cycle of performance anxiety and decreases our potential in a sport. Um, Athletes can be confident without being cocky either. There's a line, right, that we have to to kind of toe. Um, confidence is believing in yourself and your abilities and trusting yourself to make the right decision. Cocky is believing that no matter what happens, you're right and you have no room for improvement and you don't have any fault. So what we want to do is increase confidence without getting to the level of cockiness. 
Um, and hockey is also a really good way to alienate your teammates, anger your coaches, that kind yes. of thing. Um, self-confidence and anxiety are directly linked. And if an athlete has a lot of anxiety, their confidence level does lower. And if they don't have self-confidence, then they will have increased anxiety. Much of this TBT that is used for stress and anxiety will also bolster confidence in an athlete. So meditation, breathing techniques, fear exposures, visualization can all help boost self-confidence. One of the most crucial discussions that we had was on overcoming plateaus with Nicole Golden. Nicole is a founder at FWF Wellness and National Academy of Sports Medicine, NASA Master Trainer. Nicole puts it as, Plateau is an opportunity for growth. We should keep pushing ourselves till we reach our goal. Let's hear from Nicole. So remember the principle of specificity, right? The body is going to adapt to what you do. Essentially, no matter what routine you're doing, your body is going to adapt to it. So you're, if you do the same number of sets, the same number of reps, the same volumes, the same number of times per week, your muscle is going to adapt to that and you won't be using progressive overload anymore. So to break the plateau, you have to change some of those things. You either have to increase your loads, you have to increase your sets, you have to increase your reps, or you have to increase your frequencies to continue to gain more muscle. One of the ways that the National Academy of Sports Medicine recommends breaking a plateau, and if you've looked at this before, is alternating between a hypertrophy and strength phase. So perhaps you're doing the hypertrophy range. We're talking about maybe three sets, four sets, six to 12 reps, sometimes even up to 20 can be acceptable. And then instead of that doing that for a little while, switch to low reps. So like the three to six rep range with high loads, 85% to 100%, depending on how many reps per set. So very heavy loads. And what that allows is for a neurologic adaptation and what will allow you to lift heavier weights in your next hypertrophy phase, allowing for more growth. So that is a strategy called periodization. So we do that all the time. That's actually the ideal way to train. So perhaps you want to train for hypertrophy for, let's say, they call them mesocycles, two mesocycles, yeah. we'll say about eight weeks, and then do one mesocycle of strength with deloading in between, you may get a much better response on that next hypertrophy cycle. For the Ironman enthusiasts, we spoke with Ironman athlete Shivangi Sharda, who shared strategies to excel in this toughest competition. Shivangi mentions, excellence in Ironman is a journey. Consistency is the key. This truly reflects in what Shivangi has to share with us. Let's listen to Shivangi. I would have like a training block of three weeks where every week, like, you know, the load would increase. And then one week I'd like taper it down for recovery and then, you know, build it up. So that was the routine. But just to, you know, talk about like one of the, from the training block, which was say during the peak would be, say, so Monday generally I would take a rest day to recover, get a massage and something. Okay. So like Tuesday uh-huh. generally would my training block start. So Tuesday morning, say I had like a 15, 20 kilometers run. Evening I'd have like a one and a half hour swim. And this is other than my work. So, you know, after my run, I'd come home, do my work, then go for my, you know, swim. Next uh-huh. day again, either you have like a bike, so like a one, two hours bike session, afternoon will be your strength. 
then Thursday again. So generally, I would end up doing like two sessions in a day. So Thursday, if I have like yeah. a speed session, then I would do like an easy swim in the evening so that I'm not like, you know, overdoing it. Fridays would be something light because Saturday, Sunday would be a heavier session. So Fridays would be like a one hour of say swim or a, a run or a bike. And then I would do a strength as well because I, I really like to complement strength training with my other, you know, training routine. So yeah, I think the most challenging would be brick session that will be on a Saturday or a Sunday. So that would be like, I still remember it was a 150 kilometers bike ride with a 15 to 18 oh. kilometer run. And I finished oh. it at about one in the afternoon and I came home and I'm like, you know, flat and lying down. And uh, yeah, so I still remember that. That's what the brick, the long brick sessions were definitely the most challenging out of, uh, you know, the entire routine where, so brick is when you do two disciplines back to back to okay. get used to, uh, you know, the change. Because when you're riding, a different set of muscles are getting used. And when you're running, it's a different set of muscles. So I would like, you know, do like a hundred kilometers ride, quickly come change. So it was more like a practice for the race day as well. And then start running without a break. So, you know, those were the challenging, but the fun sessions, I would say. And how can we miss the stress myths that were unraveled by Douglas Mulhall? Stress is a common part of our lives and we explored its myths and management with environmental health expert Douglas Mulhall. As Douglas mentions, Understanding stress is the first step to managing it effectively and living longer. Douglas shared insightful experiences with all of us helping us to plan for longevity. Let's lend our ears to him. That is what these hidden stresses are doing to us. And especially people who are athletically inclined need to find ways of minimizing that problem. And that's what this is all about. So are these enough to increase our longevity? Uh, they are enough to increase average longevity. A lot of studies have shown that the human body is capable for going on for a couple of hundred years. And the fact that some species of whale and shark already live that long is proof of that. So, um, and again, they're not, you know, low intelligence animals like turtles that live to be several hundred years old. These are really True. smart Smart animals. Yeah. So there you have it. Uh, we, we have the capacity to live longer. We just need to figure out how to keep these constant stresses away from us and out of our bodies. We also unlock the power of sleep with Ruida Silva. Another critical aspect. We delved into the secrets of better sleep with stress management and sleep expert Ruida Silva. Rui says... Quality sleep is the foundation of a fulfilling life. Let's explore how to achieve it. Here's a sneak peek for all of you. Could you share some actionable tips that people can follow to improve their sleep starting tonight? Sure. So first question, look to your bedtime. And I mean, bedtime ah. is not the time you go to bed. It's the time you want to fall asleep. Like I want to be sleeping. Let's use for illustration purpose midnight. So your golden hour is 11 p.m. Yes. By 11 p.m., engage in activities, those activities just mentioned now, that will help you falling asleep. Yes. You know, disengage from screen time, disengage for anything. If you like to watch TV, watch TV, but things that relax you, not that stimulate. Because some people get hooked on episode. No. Yeah. Don't, don't keep watching just one more episode. Episode will be there tomorrow. Don't compromise your because of the innovation, right? So, pay, spend time, play with your pet, go outside and breathe. 
do some breathing yep. exercise as a cup of calming tea. All right. So make yes. sure that from one hour, 30 minutes before you be sleeping, you do activities that help your brain to calm. Relax. Have in mind that the brain is not a switch. It needs to calm down. Right. Uh-huh. Second thing, if you go to bed and in more than five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, the, the line half order, and you're not able to fall asleep, leave bed. Don't stay in bed trying mm-hmm. to fall asleep because it's not going to happen. What's going to happen is that your mental stress and your emotional stress is going to build up in your body. You start going to feel more guilt and, and frustrated and hunger, and that's going to increase your stress level. That's exactly what you need to do. So if you're not able to fall asleep, up to 20 minutes of being in bed, leave the bed. In a most recent episode, we spoke with Apekchan Nautial, Ayurvedic nutritionist and yoga expert who beautifully guides us on setting achievable goals. Apekcha helps us in segregating between desirable and achievable goals. Let's listen to what Apekcha has to share with us. You find a practice that is suitable to that purpose and you practice. Whether that pulls you in a direction where you are supposed to go towards spirituality because ultimate goal of yoga is spiritual. It is not about the physical why we start with the physical is because this is what we have. Through this, we are supposed to achieve. Uh, now, uh, like my master from whom I have learned a lot, spiritual master, he always says, uh-huh. he gives a very good hardcore physical practice and his thing is very clear. That, you know, even if you are looking for spirituality and everything, if your body is not ready to go to the Himalayas, so we start with physical because this is the gross level and, and you know, again, there's a concept of panchakoshas. This is our outermost yeah. kosha. And we go layer by layer inwards, deeper till we reach the core. Uh, but if the outermost layer is so disturbed, now I say that I want to do meditation. Why do we yeah. start with asanas and not directly with meditation? Because Uh, for meditation, I am required to sit in a certain posture very comfortably for one hour. Yes. If if my body is not ready for it, if I have not trained my body to be stable in one posture for an hour, how will I meditate? If I am sitting and there is discomfort in my knee, my back is paining, my mind will go to the pain. How will I focus on being mindful or, you know, meditative? So there is a reason why everything is working together and there is a reason why we start with the physical and it's absolutely normal. So in a proper yogic practice, you first start with cleansing activities. There are more shodhikriyas required now in today's date because on a daily basis, you're inhaling so much of pollution that there are impurities in your body. So once, yeah, if you don't clear them, how will the pranic energy flow you? got a lot of blockages yes. inside Absolutely. so there is a very simple logic towards how whatever we are practicing in yoga or in ayurveda then to understand that is becoming mindful to understand why you're doing what you're doing and then do it mindfully and with intent so the moment you add intention to any practice 
you will be able to manifest the benefits much better. While today's mashup captures some amazing moments, it is just a glimpse of our incredible journey. I invite you to explore the full episodes on our favorite streaming platforms that are Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, and Google Podcasts. Thank you once again for being part of the Fitness Pro Chat family. Your continued support means a lot to us. Here's to 25 episodes. I look forward to sharing more insights, inspiration and wellness with each and every one of you going ahead through our weekly fitness pro chat with Pitterobek. Stay tuned, stay fit and let's make the next 25 episodes even more fantastic. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Fitness Pro Chat by Fitterobic. We hope you had key takeaways from today's episode and learned something new. Don't forget to download and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode and leave us a rating and review on your favorite platform. In the meantime, reach out to us on Instagram at Fitterobic or through our website, fitterobic.com. And remember, failures will only make you strong and better learn. Take care, stay healthy, and live a fulfilling life with Fitterobic.